Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 15, Never Send a Fake King to Do an Honest Job. Think back, if you would, to a moment in time, not so long ago. The date, Tuesday, June 16th, 2015. Does that ring a bell? That was the day that, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) I'm choking, billionaire, (coughs) real estate developer Donald Trump announced his candidacy for president. Remember the throngs of adoring fans lining the balcony over the escalator as Trump and his wife Melania descended? Melania way out in front, lots of distance between them think that probably was a reflection of how they feel about each other. Little did we know at the time that those fans standing up there on the balcony were paid to be there. Yeah, paid. It was all a fraud, just like Trump has always been a fraud. And in the early days of his candidacy, the establishment Republicans had nothing good to say about him. Do you remember those days? Do you remember the days when Paul Ryan and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham all had nothing but bad things to say about Donald Trump? And that was perhaps the last time that they were actually honest about anything that they said about him. So what changed? Was it just the fact that he became the front runner in that campaign? Was it just the fact that he became the president of the United States with the help of the Russians and James Comey of the FBI? Thank you very much. I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan, not at all, so keep those cards and letters to yourselves, folks. But uh, there's no doubt about it, Trump had help in 2016. So what dirt does Trump have on all of these people? I mean, really, do they have such poor values and morals that they are willing to shed their beliefs depending on who happens to be in power at any given moment? Maybe. But I'd like to just visit some of the things that they've said in the past about Donald Trump and contrast that with the things that they said about him later on. Although I'm not going to repeat the stuff they said later on because I think most of it was lies and I don't really want to share lies. Paul Ryan talked about the Muslim ban that Donald Trump proposed. Remember that? Ryan said, quote, what was proposed yesterday is not what this party stands for. And more importantly, it's not what this country stands for. Not only are there many Muslims serving in the armed forces, dying for this country, there are Muslims serving right here in the House, working to uphold and defend the Constitution. End quote. But Trump didn't just have a problem with Muslims. He also has a problem with African-Americans and people that don't have white skin. Remember when he wouldn't denounce the Ku Klux Klan? 
you know, the KKK that runs around in the white hoods and, and spews hatred and violence. And I mean, how can you have a problem with denouncing the KKK unless you agree with them and support them? On that topic, Ryan said of Trump, quote, if a person wants to be the nominee of the Republican Party, there can be no evasion and no games. They must reject any group or cause that is built on bigotry. This party does not prey on people's prejudices, end quote. Wow. Well, my, my, things have certainly changed because I would have to say that that party today <laughs> is nothing but prejudiced. <laughs> How about little Marco Rubio down there in Florida, the senator from Florida? Remember him? I'm not going to talk about hand sizes or anything like that here. But here are a couple of comments that Marco Rubio made about Donald Trump. All of them quotes. We're on the verge of having someone take over the conservative movement who is a con artist. I mean, this is a guy that's taken Trump Airlines bankrupt. Trump Vodka, nobody wanted it. Trump Mortgage was a disaster. Trump University was a fraud has spent a career of sticking it to working people. This boiling point that we have now reached has been fed largely by the fact that we have a front-runner in my party who has fed into language that basically justifies physically assaulting people who disagree with you. I believe Donald Trump as our nominee is going to shatter and fracture the Republican Party and the conservative movement. And Rubio also said that Trump was the most, quote, vulgar person to ever aspire to the presidency, end quote. I have to say I'm kind of shocked, but I do agree with a couple of those things that Mar Marco Rubio said. And I hardly ever agree with anything that Marco Rubio says. How about Senator Ted Cruz, the respected... <laughs> <clears throat> must be something in the air, <coughs> Senator from Texas. You remember him? He's the guy who, when Texas didn't have electricity during a horrible cold spell a couple of years ago, packed up the family and went to Mexico on vacation. That's how dedicated he is to the Lone Star State. Here's a couple of quotes Ted Cruz had to say about Donald Trump. All of them are exact quotes. Utterly amoral. This man is a pathological liar. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies practically every word that comes out of his mouth. A narcissist at a level that I don't think this country has ever seen. A serial philanderer. He describes his battle with venereal disease as his own personal Vietnam. <laughs> and let's not forget that uh, Donald Trump insulted the appearance of Ted Cruz's wife. Nothing like uh, keeping the personal stuff and the family out of politics, huh? How about Lindsey Graham? Man, he has really, really, really been a supporter of Donald Trump, hasn't he? These are all exact quotes from Lindsey Graham. The more you know about Donald Trump, the less likely you are to vote for him. The more you know about his business enterprises, the less successful he looks. The more you know about his political giving, the less Republican he looks. You know how you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. 
He's the ISIL Man of the Year. My, 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 Lindsay, how you have changed your opinion. Honestly, I think if Lindsay and Donald were walking down the sidewalk and there was a muddy patch in front of them, I think Lindsey Graham would lie down on that muddy patch so that Donald wouldn't soil his shoes. Truly, I do. So much for values and morals in the Republican Party, huh? I mean, really? Do you suppose that Donald Trump has cameras in his hotels and he's got videotaped dirt on all of these bums? Because I don't see the hold he has over them. I don't understand why everybody, it seems, is afraid to stand up to the man. What is the deal? The moment that he became the President of the United States of America, he was in violation of the law. And every Republican, it seems, was willing to look the other way and ignore that fact. I don't really remember the first time I recall being aware that there was a person on this planet by the name of Donald Trump. I can say that one of my oldest memories of him were pictures sitting in a limousine or standing by a sports car just showing off basically. Do you remember a television show that was, I think, mostly on cable? Might have been over the air. Back in the 1980s, there was this uh, TV show called Robin Leach's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And it was basically a platform for wealthy people to brag to the world about all of the stuff that they have. Cars, houses, boats, whatever, they'd show it off. It was pretty disgusting, really, because I was brought up to uh, believe that you're not supposed to really brag about stuff like that. And let's face it, in uh, today's world, that can be dangerous. So it's better to enjoy your good fortune and keep it to yourself. On one of those episodes, I... We'll tell you up front, I didn't watch the show, but that was back in the days when if you had cable, you actually had a box with a cord on it, and you had to drag the cord and the box across the room to where you were sitting, and then to change the channel, you had to punch the buttons on the box, and you had to flip the little deal on one end to tell you which row you wanted uh, to activate because they had like, I don't remember, what was it, 10 or 15 buttons and then there were like three rows so instead of just having 10 or 15 buttons you could have like 30 and you know 10 in each row of three. And then there was another little wheel on the other side that you could use to do something. I don't know. Was it fine-tune? I seem to remember there was a wheel. I remember they were blue. My box was ugly brown with a beige. It was all plastic and it had white buttons and I think it had blue little knobs, rotary scroll knobs. 
And sometimes I would just turn the television on, and of course whatever channel you were watching last came on. And I do remember one time, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous was on, and I remember Ivana, wife number one, was showing off Trump Tower on the show. I worked for a real estate developer at the time, and I thought, oh, well, let's see what Trump Tower looks like. And honestly, I wasn't the least bit impressed. I just remember being, I don't know, <laughs> not impressed at all with the building or the units. I think she showed off uh, one of the apartments, and it, I just remember it being very dark, in the unit and the whole building just seemed really tacky as if they were really trying too hard to impress people. I can remember when my parents bought a new house back in 1967. It was brand new and my mom bought a lot of new furniture for the house. And we had a very formal living room. It had, even though it was built in 1967, it did not have shag carpeting in it. It had a really dense, low pile, almost like a wool carpet, and it was kind of sculptured. It had a little bit of a pattern in it. And it was a... It was green, not a forest green, not a jade green, not an avocado green. It was darker than avocado, but not quite a forest green. But it was a nice color. And in that room, she had a gold velvet sofa. And I remember she had cane back uh, chairs uh, on either side of the sofa, kind of facing each other. And she had two square, small coffee tables. We had a Magnavox console. My piano was in the living room. We had a round dining room table that could be opened up and leaves could be put in it so that you could seat quite a few people. The uh, formal dining room was off to the side of the living room and it had uh, wainscoting on the wall and the wallpaper that was originally on the walls in the dining room, if I remember correctly, I think it was like a satiny white background, and I think it had like a green flocked pattern on it. It kind of matched the carpeting. And Mom said, nope, that has to come down. And she chose a wallpaper that kind of had an off-white or a light brown, light beige background with white flocking on it that kind of blended in. It just kind of, it added an accent, but it didn't stand out. It was very understated, and it was very elegant. The pattern that she picked, I remember, wasn't as fussy as the one that was there originally. And she had white drapes with shears, pinch pleats, cornice boards were all custom made for the windows and everything. She had an octagonal shaped uh, table in front of the big living room window and there were two big uh, kind of velvety um, upholstered armchairs that had kind of high backs on them and they were I think gold and kind of a light beige and had like a light green and, and a little bit darker green in them and maybe some yellow or something. But it was uh, had a pattern and she had one of those lamps that was tall, had the big uh, lampshade on it that was, I think, I want to say it was black, I'm not sure, but it had like the gold shiny material inside that made it reflect. And when she finished the room, it really looked nice. It looked very formal, but uh, it was comfortable. And she said that she felt like people would be 
um, willing to come in and sit down. She said uh, she didn't like it when she went in to some of her friends' houses and the rooms were so formal and so perfect, you felt like you didn't want to sit down or touch anything. She said she wanted people to be comfortable. And she told me that being understated and stopping before you go too far was always the best way to go when you were decorating. Well, apparently, whoever decorated Trump Tower was not told that because they didn't know when to stop. And in the years since, uh, that point has been proven time and time and time and time again. But the bottom line is, before Trump announced that he was going to run for president, he was in the news and in the media quite a bit. You know, he had that TV show, uh, what was it, The Apprentice? I never watched it. I thought it seemed silly. But uh, people knew who he was and, and what he was. He had had some spectacular business failures. That casino in Atlantic City that cost a fortune, and I think a bunch of people took a bath on that when it failed. Trump University was just a huge scam. He had Trump steaks and Trump vodka and there was a Trump board game, I think. I think all of them were flops. He had uh, lots of people suing him because he didn't seem to want to pay his bills. I can remember watching someone on a video. I don't know if it was a YouTube video or if it was something on television. But there was a man who owned his own company and it was something like cabinetry or marble countertops or something like that. He was supplying construction pieces for, I guess, a new hotel or a remodel or something. And, you know, I've worked with <laughs> uh, contractors and builders before because I worked for a developer. And all of this stuff is pretty much decided ahead of time. The quality, the colors, uh, how it has to be installed. So there's no surprises. And when you're building a building, you have people, or you should have people on site literally every day supervising something like that. And as they are installing the cabinets or the flooring or the plumbing fixtures or whatever it may be, wallpaper, paint, you want to check the quality of the paint, make sure you can't see paint lines on the walls or ceiling. But you kind of just walk around while they're building the place and look, and if you see something that doesn't meet your standards, poor quality workmanship, poor quality materials, whatever it may be, the time to register a complaint about it is right then and there because it doesn't do any good to have them continue to put in cabinets that are of poor quality. If it's not what you agreed on originally, you don't wait until everything is finished and then say, oh wait. But that's what Trump's company does. This guy said that he fronted, I guess, quite a bit of money and when they had everything finished, there had been no complaints. Everything had been looked at. Everything was exactly as agreed upon in the contract. And then all of a sudden, uh, well, you know, there's some quality issues here or something of that nature. And they just didn't want to pay the whole bill. And that seems to be... <laughs> something that has happened, well, more than once, I think. 
But he's not an honest person, as evidenced by, I, at one time I think I heard that there were literally thousands of people that had sued him over the years for something. Have you heard the saying, where there's smoke, there's fire? How many times had he declared bankruptcy before he ran for president? Several times. Banks in the United States won't loan him money anymore because he's taken advantage of them so often. He's been married three times and he's pretty much admitted that he's cheated on every single one of his wives, all of them mothers to his children. And he doesn't seem to mind that a bit. And this is going to be the leader of the party that represents itself as the party of morals and family values. Really? <laughs> are, are those the kind of values that uh, people appreciate these days? You don't honor your contracts. You cheat on your spouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was never really all that impressed with him. His foundation, the Trump Foundation, was shut down. He had to pay a multi-million dollar fine for, I don't know if it was fraud or misuse of funds or what. I do know that uh, his uh, kids, I think it was Ivana and Don Jr. Uh, were told by the court that they could never sit on the board of a foundation, nonprofit foundation again because of the way they had handled uh, the Trump Foundation. And right now, Donald Trump is still at it. He has this political organization that sends out emails almost on a daily basis screaming about the liberal Democrats and how it's a witch hunt. They're all after him. Poor, you know, picked on, innocent little Donald Trump. Send me money so I can defend myself against these horrible liberals. Well, folks, you only have to look at his history going back many, many, many years to see that when one person keeps popping up and there's problem after problem after problem after problem and it's with people or companies or entities that normally don't have problems with other people and other companies and they honor their contracts, who do you think's at fault? And if all of these people dislike Donald Trump so much that they're willing to take all of these extremes to make him look bad, what the heck did he do to them? Are they just jealous because of his incredible good looks? Because he's such a, such a manly man? because he's so smart and so intelligent and so wealthy and has such great taste and lives such a great life. They're just so jealous. They just will do anything to take him down. Is that it? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> because in my opinion, he's none of those things. If his grades when he was in school were as good 
as he seems to think they were, you know he would have those things posted all over the place. If he was a stellar student, he would have that stuff posted everywhere. And if he were as successful and wealthy as he pretends to be, he would have all of that stuff posted as well. He would not hesitate to brag about his income on his tax returns, just like he did on Robin Leach's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. That's why he wanted to be in the photo shoots, sitting in the limousines, or standing by the sports cars, or in front of the big house, or whatever. He's a show-off. He wants to impress people with the things that he has. Because truly inside, he's an empty, pathetic little man. People of great wealth and power usually don't want to show off like that. If he had had proof of anything that he has been accused of, if he, was, if he were able to prove that he was innocent, do you not think he would have had a big press conference when he was in the White House so he could call all of these people out? Sure he would have. He would have quoted everybody. You, you liberal Democrat, you accused me of so-and-so. Well, here is the proof right here. Here is my income tax for whatever year showing how much I earned and how much I paid in taxes. So you can apologize right now on TV in front of the whole world. Do you not think for a minute, for a second, that he would have done that? Of course he would. Of course he would. I think he must have watched a movie that was made, I think it was back in 1967. And if I remember correctly, the title was How to Survive a marriage or how to survive a divorce, something like that. And it had a whole bunch of stars in it with little cameo bit parts. I think Lucille Ball was in it, Jane Mansfield was in it, um, Robert Morse, the late Robert Morse recently died, he was in it. And in one uh, little segment of the movie, I think it was Joey Bishop was the actor, and if I remember correctly, I can't remember who the actress was, but uh, uh, there were two actresses, but the scene is Joey Bishop is in bed with this woman it was his bed in his bedroom. The woman was not his wife. And his wife walks in and catches him in the act. And the advice that uh, was being given in this uh, little scenario of how to avoid, how to survive a divorce or whatever it was, was uh, deny. Deny, 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 deny. Even if you're caught red-handed, deny. So while she, the wife, is standing there saying, what are you doing? He gets up, gets dressed. The woman gets up, gets dressed, leaves. He goes into the other room, sits down, and what woman? Who are you talking, what are you talking about? There is another woman here. And in the end, his wife is just like flabbergasted because she's like, I saw what I saw. But he denied. 
and denied and denied. And that is what Trump does. He denies everything. And it doesn't matter if you have him on videotape or on a recording saying something or doing something. It was always misinterpreted or it was always, uh, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. Somebody else is responsible for that. It's never him. It's always, always, always someone else. But I really do think that he picked up some tips from that movie because that's exactly what he does. He just continues to deny. And uh, <laughs> people let him get away with it. I've never really understood why the press doesn't call him out on stuff. And he, goodness knows, has attacked the press from the very beginning. The very, very beginning. He has uh, um, attacked the press. And uh, they let him get away with it. They let him get away with it. And I am looking up the name of that movie right now. The movie is A Guide for the Married Man. And it has just a slew of actors and actresses. Walter Matthau, Inger Stevens, Robert Morse, um, Sue Ann Langdon. Uh, gosh, who else? <laughs> There's a lot of people in it. Fred Holliday. Um, but uh, anyway, I think that that's the one. And, and I think it was... Uh, um, uh, directed by Gene Kelly. So, anyway, it's kind of a cute '60s, mid '60s movie. If you're into that kind of thing, it's it's funny to see all of these people. And I think that the actors and actresses I mentioned were all in it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I do remember the scene with Joey Bishop because it was so ridiculous. But that's exactly what Donald Trump does. And the point I really want to make here is people knew who and what Trump was before they voted for him. And if they didn't do any research other than, oh, I know him from being on TV, shame on you. Part of the reason why things in the country are the way they are today is because the American people, by and large, many have not been paying attention to what's going on. Would you have agreed to making bribery okay for politicians? Is that okay with you? I mean, really, whoever has the most money gets basically what they want. Bribery is illegal in most other areas, but not in politics. Whoever has the most money gets the most attention and usually gets what they want from politicians because money's free speech. A lot of people have been complaining about high gas prices lately. Have you also been paying attention to the huge, obscene profits that the oil and gas companies have been making during this time? Have you put two and two together? Have you bothered to check to see if demand has increased that much to warrant higher prices? Have you compared the price of a barrel of oil in the past and what they were charging for gas compared to the price of a barrel of oil when the prices were high in recent months? You'll see that they were charging a lot less 
in the past. This was ripping off consumers, folks. And there's one party that seems to favor corporations over all else, and that's the former Republican Party. A lot of the people who are politicians in the Republican Party are hypocrites. They wrote the book on hypocrisy. The quotes from Paul Ryan, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and Lindsey Graham are forever out there for public consumption. And what happened to make them change their minds and devote their careers and their reputations to a man with such a pathetic history? A history that no one would be proud of. Multiple divorces, multiple bankruptcies, thousands of lawsuits, people suing him because he didn't do what he said he was going to do. That's not anything to be proud of. And that's not being successful, nor is it being a family man. Or honest. And is that what we're going to settle for again to lead the country? You wonder why things are bad? He talks about the deep state. Have you looked to see how many people in his administration were investigated and indicted? Have you been watching the January 6th hearings? How many people in his administration were there when they saw things happening that they knew were wrong and they kept their mouths shut? Trump said he always hired the very best people. The very best people for him, obviously, because they're going to keep their mouths shut when he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. I won't go through the list of people who had to resign or were told to resign, but it was a lot. A lot more than normal. Why would anybody want somebody like that to lead the country? Why would anybody think that someone like that would do the right thing for the country and for the people. I'm willing to cut slack to the folks who voted for him the first time around. Not much, but a little bit. Because the information was out there and it was clear for everyone to see what kind of a person he was. Remember the comment about you could grab a woman in her private parts and you could get away with it because you're famous? Who would want somebody like that as a leader? I, I sure don't. And then the folks who voted for him the second time. He got more votes the second time than he did the first time around. Those people I don't have any patience for because they lived through four years of lies. The wall on the southern border didn't get built parts of it that did get built, I understand a lot of it has crumbled and has had uh, required repairs. And no, he did not get Mexico to pay for it. 
he didn't really do much of what he said he was going to do, although he did get tax cuts shoved through for the wealthy and for corporations, and those were, I believe, permanent tax cuts. For the little people, the working class, yeah, yeah, they got tax cuts too, temporarily. Their taxes are going up. I think they're going up now, as a matter of fact. The deficit skyrocketed. Have you ever noticed how when the Republicans are in control, they don't care a bit about the deficit or the debt? But the minute the Democrats are in control, man, they clamp down on that. Uh-uh, you know, we can't spend that. That's going to increase the debt. It's going to increase the deficit. Can't do that. They're hypocrites. Folks, if you want things to get better, we need things to change. But we need responsible people who <laughs> don't have a sketchy history like Trump does. You cannot send a fake king to do an honest job. And that is what Trump is. He is a fake king in his own mind. And we need someone to lead the country that's honest. Now, I'm not saying that Joe Biden's 100% honest. But I will say he's a far sight more honest than Trump ever was. So, going forward, let's stop sending people who are not capable of doing an honest job. People that have crazy, crazy ideas about what's going on in the world. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Lauren Boebert, Jim Jordan, <laughs> Matt Gates. Some of you may feel like I'm talking to you or talking about you personally. And some of you may say, oh, well, I'm glad that's not me. I don't want to attack anybody for their beliefs or their politics. Well, I don't know. Attack is probably not the right word. My point of doing this podcast is to provide information to people and to point out the hypocrisy and to try to explain some of the things that are going on that don't make sense and talk about how things got to be the way that they are. And I will say that both parties, both of the major political parties, have contributed to this current situation to some degree. But in my opinion, one of the political parties is on the verge of trying to undo our small d democracy. And that scares me. Because once we lose it, it's going to be very difficult to get it back. And that party is the Republican Party, or what was formerly known as the Republican Party. I think it's really the Trump cult. And if you are a Trump supporter... I would challenge you to sit down and really think about why 
you support him. There may be a multitude of reasons, but you have to look at the country as a whole and you have to realize that everybody in this country who is a citizen has the same rights that you have. And you wouldn't want someone to come after your rights. So you should not support someone who's going after someone else's rights just because, well, it doesn't have any effect on me, so I'm not going to worry about it. As I mentioned earlier, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the late Justice, uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, made the comment about the pendulum. Swinging one direction, it always comes back the other way. So while you may be happy with the things that are going on right now, maybe you consider yourself to be pro-life. And, <laughs> you know, uh, if somebody gets pregnant, uh, they just shouldn't be able to uh, make their own choices about having a baby. And if you're a man, obviously that isn't going to be your problem personally, but if you're a guy with a wife, daughters, granddaughters, would you really, truly, honestly want them to have a baby if they were gang raped? Would you really want your 10-year-old daughter or granddaughter to be forced to have a baby, to give birth? If she was raped by your brother? Would you? some point down the road, things will change and the pendulum will swing in the other direction and you may not like the change that you see at that point. And if you allow rights to be taken away from other people today, those same rights at some point down the road, or perhaps other rights that you do enjoy, may be taken away from you. Nothing ever stays the same forever. And if you have kids or grandkids, or if you're a young adult and you've got uh, most of your life ahead of you, you need to consider the fact that things are gonna change again during your lifetimes or during their lifetimes. So I really would challenge you to think about why you support these people. Donald Trump has a long record of lying, a long record of corruption. He has a poor record as a successful businessman. Six corporate bankruptcies, mostly somebody else's money. Ask yourself this, what responsible, successful businessman invests over a billion dollars of mostly other people's money to build something and less than a year later has to file bankruptcy because he can't make money on it? That's Donald Trump, folks. If he had done due diligence on that project before he broke ground, he probably would have seen it was not wise. But he convinced other people that he could do it. And he failed. Not once, but six times with somebody else's money. 
So I challenge you to go back and look at his speeches, look at what he says, look at what he has said in the past at his rallies, and go check for yourself to find out if it's true or not. And you will see that most of the time what he is saying is not true. Or he's omitting something that completely changes the outcome of what he's saying. He is a fake king. He thinks he is the smartest, best-looking, wisest, most talented man walking the face of the earth today. And he couldn't be more wrong. He's a fake king. He thinks he's superior to everybody else and everything revolves around him. And he is taking his supporters for a ride. He's taking advantage of them. He's taking money from them. Just like he's done in the past, he took money from people with Trump University, promised them that it would change their lives. Well, it did. It separated them from money in their bank account. It was fraud. And a court of law said it was fraud. He defrauded people with the Trump Foundation. He's a fake king. And you cannot elect people like that to run the country and expect things to get better. He said he was going to drain the swamp. He didn't drain the swamp. He had more cabinet members leave under clouds of corruption and ethics issues than any other president in the history of the United States of America. Number one, this is a guy who promised he was going to drain the swamp and that he would have only the very best people. Words from a fake king. I really hope that people check for themselves because I think most people, when you really dig down and get the facts and compare them to what you have been told, get the facts on your own. There are independent sources out there if you don't trust the news media in this country, that's fine. There are other sources of information. There are independent sources of information that are not biased towards the left or the right. But you can check facts for yourself. And if you do watch one of the media sources on the right, Check the facts that they tell you with others and find out what the real truth is. Find out for yourself, is this really true? Is, is what they're telling me the absolute truth? I think, well, I'm sure if you actually spend time and do that, you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be mad to see that they're lying to you and they're manipulating you. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I know that this is uh, kind of rambled on a little bit, but I've got a lot of information I'm uh, working on, and uh, I promised I was going to get another podcast out soon, and <laughs> I'm trying to find an order, but uh, the news keeps changing every day. It's, it's incredible. And uh, I'm going to do my best to get organized and get some uh, more podcasts recorded and published that uh, can give you some information. As I said, I'm working on one on uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh. 
and I've got a few others that I'm working on as well and I hope to get those done very soon. I've got uh, a lot of construction work going on at my house starting either tomorrow or Saturday and it's going to be noisy so it's going to be difficult for me to record anything but I'll try to get something out for everybody again uh, next week, certainly by next week. Thank you again for listening and uh, take care of yourself and check facts, folks. Find out what the truth is. No more fake kings. We need people in the top positions in this country and in Congress that are honest. And if they have a sketchy track record, you can't expect them to do better for you in their positions in the government. We need people who are going to do what they're supposed to do because remember, it's your money. If you're a taxpayer, it's your money that they're wasting. It's your money that they are using to pay someone off or buy someone off or they're taking it for themselves and they're smiling at you while they're doing it and telling you, oh, well, this, this is awful. This is just awful. And let me close on that subject. Just, I can't remember, was it today? Or was it yesterday? The news has come so fast and furious. Biden has just signed an executive action that uh, is going to allow student loans to be written off $10,000 uh, if you have income of under $125,000 and up to $20,000 if your uh, student loan was on a Pell Grant. And it's my understanding that there are 40, I want to say 48 million people in the United States that were carrying student loan debt around with them. And this executive action is going to uh, relieve about 20 million people of all of their student debt. And keep in mind, folks, <laughs> These people have been paying on this student loan, in many cases, for years. And in many cases, they've already not only paid off the original balance of the, the loan amount, but a great deal of interest as well. I know people who had college loans that had paid off the original loan amount years ago, five years ago, and they were still paying on it because they were paying on the interest that was being charged. And I have heard people on the right, mostly conservatives, complaining about this. This is a handout. Well, some of those same people that have complained about this need to look in the mirror. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. How about Representative Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma, who is now running for the Senate to fill Jim Inhofe's seat. Remember that PPP money that was released during the COVID pandemic, Mullen got a PPP loan of almost a million dollars for his business. And you know what? It doesn't have to be paid back. And if you check members of Congress who've complained about what Biden has done for the students to try to get them out of debt so that they can think about buying a house or buying a new car or doing something that will help the economy and create jobs. Many of those same people took PPP loans.
just in the last couple of years. And those loans don't have to be paid back. Hypocrites. They are hypocrites. Shame on all of them, every one of them, for complaining because they've done it themselves. This is one of those, I guess, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Shameful. We've got to stop electing fake kings and fake people to do jobs where we need honest people. I'm going to let you go now, I promise. Thanks for listening, everyone, and take care. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank you.